Hello and happy Friday everyone. I don't know where the time has gone but we've already reached the penultimate episode for season 2, episode 9. I could potentially see this episode being a bit of a jam-packed monster as we dissect everything that went down at the Loch Ness 24 from last weekend. We'll also be welcoming back the bearded beauty, the London lad himself, runner man Steve, but just in a guest slot. He's going to have an interview like everyone else this season, but it'll be great to have him back and find out how he's been getting on since he took a step back from the show. Editor Steve here, just to slip in the introduction. I actually forgot about it yesterday, so my voice has improved a little bit. That will make more sense just after the introduction is done. But here we go, introduction, and then we'll get on with the rest of the show. For new listeners, The Point 99 Podcast is a running podcast for runners by runners. If you're new to running, we hope to have topics and discussions that will help you along whatever path your journey is taking. Or for any seasoned runners, maybe some stories that will have you empathising with our experiences. Whether it's lessons we've learned during our own journeys, embarrassing stories or heartstring pulling moments. We hope you'll stick with us while we try share some good vibes, motivation and positivity. And hopefully we can have a laugh along the way. As you can undoubtedly tell already, my throat is a little bit worse than wear from last weekend. Uh, I'm just trying to speak a little bit slower just to get my words out. I'm a little bit more husky than usual, a little bit bassier. But that's what happens when you're having such a great time with a great bunch of people. The weather wasn't particularly great, but we'll cover that. And yet I'm just generally still pretty tired, still recovering, but that's all to be expected from an endurance event. But if you bear with me, hopefully it won't be too odd. Uh, But yeah, I'm sure it'll all be fine. Before we get stuck in, however, let's get some shout outs done early on in the show. And that's for Nick Knack Mara Runs, Nikki, the ever awesome and ever lovely Nikki, who got a PB at the Killin' 10K Tay Fitness events. Nikki's been making great strides since her first marathon at the Edinburgh Marathon. Uh, and yeah, it just keeps going from strength to strength. So it's great to see Nikki getting a PB at that event. But we have another PB right after that from the Edinburgh runner, Jace. Jace actually came up to see everybody at the Loch Ness 24. He drove all the way up from Edinburgh just to see us, hung out for a little while, had a cheeky run around the course with Ryan Miller and then headed back down. But he had the Perth 10k on Sunday, which he was pushing for a PB. And he did that in style with a 2 minute drop from his previous time so well done Jace well done Nikki fantastic times from both of you and yeah looking forward to seeing those times coming down again soon otherwise from the community perspective I can't say that I saw any other events going on I know there may easily have been but unfortunately between not having much signal at the Loch Ness 24 because of a the, the amount of people trying to get onto the network, but also we were in a, a deep valley, so we weren't getting much in the way of signal. It was very sporadic, but but B, uh, when, when you do have signal, it is an absolute bombardment of content from the 24, which I absolutely expected. 
but it does mean that I'm not seeing very much else from anyone else. So if you're not getting any likes or comments from me, I'm not ignoring you. It's just very hard to get through a feed without doom scrolling too much. But if you have missed anything or you have been achieving something at the weekend, let me know and I will put out a message or add you to next week's episode, the finale for episode 10. With mentioning the Loch Ness 24 so much already, I think we'll just get it knocked on the head, get out of the way and digest as much as possible. Um, And we'll kick off from the get-go where it all started on Friday where we met up, ready to convoy down to the event. As expected, I was there nice and early, being the local boy. I wanted to be there to welcome everyone. Unfortunately, at that point in time, the weather had taken a turn for the worse. Although I was hoping that it would blow through, it wasn't. And as the amateur rookie that I am, I forgot my jacket. So I had to go buy a jacket and on my way into the shop, I bumped into Nick McGowan Lowe and Natasha. So I got a good first meet with those guys ready to kind of welcome everybody else. But from that point on, it was like the dam had broken. Everybody made an appearance. We waited a little bit longer for Al because Al was staying in a place called Spain Bridge. It's quite a distance away. I don't think he expected exactly how far away it was from the event, but Al came. We all did our pleasantries, big hugs, big, big welcomes, everything you would expect. And then we set off ready to hit the campsite for around about half past three. Campsite opened at three, so we thought we'll get in nice and early. But we were very much aware with how heavy the rain was at that moment in time that it was going to be a boggy affair getting the vehicles into the field. Not that it really mattered, however. The roads were starting to flood. The The field was boggy, but the event organisers had prioritised the Who Dropped the Dibber team and it was amazing. They just pointed us to an area as soon as they heard it was the Dibbers and they'd earmarked this massive area for us to put the cars, the tents and just make ourselves comfortable and the bonus was the eh3 milers the edinburgh runners they were right near us as well so uh, we could touch base with them as and when we were quite close to the track as well so we could see our runners coming in and past we had our solar runners with it it was a really good spot could be slightly better but not much i'd love to paint a picture of everybody putting their tents up in the dry. Uh, as I've already said, though, not just with the, the floodgates breaking with the Debra's appearing, but it had felt like the, the dam had broken in respect to the amount of rain we were getting. It was like Noah's Ark all over again. Uh, we were absolutely getting drenched. There was a little bit of an ease in the downpours to allow most of us to get our tents up. Um, which was fantastic, but it didn't really keep anything dry. There wasn't really much um, break in it, but it was it was good enough to get the tents up. Hanvan Ventures, Hannah had a blow up. I wanted to call it a gazebo, which uh, we used as our HQ for the weekend, which was, was fantastic, kept us in the dry, kind of had this council of chairs and just had a great meetup spot where we made all our plans and just generally socialised. But yeah, the campsite, we managed to get set up fairly quickly. We kept all the cars together, kept all the tents together just the usual of what you would expect uh, and just got set up 
ready to hit Saturday. I'm going to take a moment just to do a comparison between 2022 and 2023 here from the event village perspective. There were less toilets on site um, where we were camped last year, which was fairly, fairly close to where we were this year. There weren't any toilets on the corner where the vehicles were coming around. Um, initially, we thought that was going to be an issue. It wasn't in the end. The big block that I talked about from 2022 with the toilets on one side and the other and urinals in between, they were back and they were more than sufficient for everybody. Even though the numbers had gone up, they were clean. They weren't um, at any point what I would class as festival toilets. They w- they were kept clean and kept, kept going throughout the event. No Red Bull this year, so no Red Bull tent. The big white marquee was back, so we had a kind of a registration and socialisation area, tables for sitting down for eating, there was a bar, there were the storehouse caterers, and then you had your little kind of marquees for each of the vendors, uh, start, finish, straight, and timing area. With the caterers, I would like to say that Storehouse, they are a very, very good local caterer. But in reality, whenever I went to go, the queues were horrendous. Everything was cooked fresh. I will say that everything was cooked fresh. I think the prices were reasonable from what I've been led to believe. I didn't actually get to use it because the queues were that long. Whereas last year, it was a company called Red Poppy. Again, another local company, a great company. But they were set up for the grab and go perspective. There, there were banmeries of food uh, ready to go. They, they were preparing even to say the morning bacon and eggs uh, for the evenings. They were preparing their mac and cheese, their chips, everything, their hot dogs. They were all ready to grab and go, um, which was fantastic at the time because you didn't have to wait. You could get something to eat. You could get back on track. But with storehouse, everything was cooked fresh bit of a downside if you were on the course as a solo athlete or you were in a small team and you were wanting to get off the course get something to eat and get back on again in a quick turnaround that wasn't going to happen it's a slight downside I would say not necessarily a massive negative but not the best for what the event is being and trying to trying to get people to do if especially as I say if you're a solo or a small team but I believe the food was great uh, and I, I, w- I would um, not disbelieve that at all. The storehouse are very, very good caterers in the area. Uh, it's just not maybe as quick as you would expect. The same goes for the Friday night catering, the pizza wagon. Um, a lot of people from our side, well, I say a lot of people, half our team got Domino's. Through myself, we used the Domino's app and then I went and picked them up and got this horrendously large order of pizzas. Um, and then the other half used the the on-site pizza facility. And I think between the two, the, the, the general consensus was that Domino's was better. I'm not a massive fan of Domino's, but that goes to paint a picture of, of exactly what the pizza van was like. Um, again, not that they're bad, uh, I think just with the amount of people they were trying to throw out as many pizzas as possible so they might have just been a little bit undercooked in places or not quite as um, large as people would expect from the money they were paying. But again, that's just a little bit of a lessons learned. I knew from last year what worked for us. So I was always be going to be going to Domino's. I was always going to be driving back to Inverness 
Um, so the guys that, that that chipped in and got their their dominoes as well, I think, had the slightly better uh, end of the stick there. But yeah, lessons to be learned. I I get that the from the Loch Ness twenty four team perspective, they're tendering to get the best possible value or get the best possible um, catering situation for the. Um, competitors but there are small things that could change there or um, small um, agreements that could be made with companies that you don't always have to cook everything fresh maybe you do that at other events at like Highland Games uh, where people are okay with waiting around but when you're just wanting to grab something get it in you and get back out again you don't want to be waiting around in the cold in the wet do you it's it's not the greatest after everybody was fed and watered, it was just a bit of a chill for the rest of Friday night. It would been a long day for a lot of the guys, a lot of travelling and a good bit of rest was needed. And uh, I think I speak for everyone when I say, well, at least I did. Uh, we all got a bit of a, a good rest. Surprising being that you are living in a tent. Um I had earplugs in, so I didn't really hear too much of the noise and partying going on elsewhere in the campsite. But I got I got a good rest. I think everybody else said they got a fairly decent rest, ready to like get running on Saturday from 10 a.m. We had two of our um, participants rock up on Saturday with Davey. He drove up from Glasgow as a solo runner and Lorna, who was the, the other local, she she rolled in uh, ready to ready to rock and roll got the guys registered and then we dished out these sponsor packages and the t-shirts from the dippers. T-shirts went down a tree. Everyone seemed to to love them. Uh, well done, Jock, on getting those ready for us. Uh, I think there's a few lessons learned on that from my perspective. Less colours make the job easier for the person creating them uh, and maybe tweak a couple of the sizes um, but yeah, they, they went down pretty well and uh, they looked the business, especially the pink ones. Uh, you'll see the plenty in the photos, but uh, yeah, something to keep and remember the event and the team by. Sponsor wise, I tried to keep my cards close to my chest, but I think a couple of the cats got out of the bag for some of the members of the team. But I have to give a massive thanks to all of our sponsors for the Who Dropped the Dibber side. And that was Erdinger Alcohol Free Beer. Active Root, of course, because I am an Active Root ambassador and they came through for me, and Protein Rebel. So from Erdinger's perspective, they gave us enough cans that each participant in the Who Dropped the Dibber team got two cans of their alcohol-free beer. Anyone that's not had that, give it a go. If you're a runner and you, you need your electrolytes and bits and pieces replenished and you maybe not wanting alcohol itself it's got that nice beer taste but it has all the goodness that you need while you're running all the stuff that you lose and they do sponsor a lot of big events a lot of marathons half marathons and you usually see people tucking into a can of Erdinger alcohol free at the end of an event so thank you very much to them Next up, as I say, we have Active Root and Active Root gave us an absolute ton of stuff. They gave us a lot of um, the supplements he adds to water. So your energy drink supplements, um, 
both in large and small sachets, some great flavours like their original ginger, their peppermint and ginger. But on top of that, they also gave us their energy chews, the tropical, the the standard. I lose track, actually, because I don't have any more here. They all got dished out. So hopefully the guys are tagging Active relentlessly. But it was so good of the the gang to give us so much. And as I say, they got dished out to the full squad into their little goodie bags. And then lastly, we had Protein Rebel and they gave us a maple Ignite maple syrup energy gel for each of the team. I haven't had mine yet. I'm looking forward to having that. So I'm hoping to get out for my first run since the 24. This is Wednesday I'm recording this portion of the podcast and I might take it out just to give myself something nice to look forward to while I'm out and seeing how well the legs fare. But in addition to that, Control Out the Lee, Lee was fantastic and gave us a pack of Pom Bears for each participant, a pack of Love Hearts and a pack of Jelly Tots. And then, of course, it wouldn't have been right of me not to pop in a point ninety nine podcast uh, pin into the bags as well. A nice, uh, I can't even remember what they're called. They, they, when you move them, they, they shine. They've got like a rainbow come across the back of them. So I popped in a pin for everybody as well. But it was fantastic from all the sponsors. I think everyone was overjoyed with everything they got and got tucked in. So as I say, thank you very much to each of the sponsors. Anyone listening as part of the Dibbers, remember to tag away and get a lot of thanks and praise going to these guys. I'm conscious of time here and I know that the 24 is going to take up a substantial amount of time for this episode, but I'm going to try at this point and rattle through as much as I can from the start gun until the finisher gun for the event. As a surprise to the whole team, I've been working on a cult leader outfit in advance of the event. So come the start gun, I got my robes on, I got my Pope style hat with the Dibbers logo on it, glittered, ready uh, for showing off. It was still absolutely teeming down of rain, but I got it on, got my cape on, got my outfit on, had my Nessie in hand and we marched down to the start line with a lot of hilarity, laughs and very, very strange looks all around. Uh, I didn't run in the costume. The plan was originally that I would run in that and then run as a um, Darth Vader style mock that I'd also made in a similar outfit. Unfortunately, the rain did dampen both of those, but I got so much in the way of of praise from not only the team, but other people, uh, some photos, some footage. So you will more than likely see something popping up on the feed for the Loch Ness 24 uh, ahead of next year's event. But it went down so well. I loved wearing it. I would have loved to wear it some more, but um, I went and stood at the end of the this kind of start straight so I could cheer on each of the six runners from the six teams that we had from the Dibbers and the solo athletes as well that we had within our wider family and uh, yeah as with last year Nessie set everyone off with his flares I'm going to say his flares because it was a man in the costume um or her as a Nessie being a female uh went barreling down the start finish straight and everybody was off ready 
to rock and roll achieved their goals at 10am. From a first lap perspective, there was some absolute monsters on the field, including a previous guest to the Press Play and Run podcast. That was Chris Downey, who, as far as I'm aware, got the fastest time of like 27 minutes or something absurd for the 7k lap. He absolutely smashed out, I think, the first and second fastest times. And it was great seeing Chris running around a couple of times. I I wasn't able to catch up with him or or get any time talking to him, but I did see him on the course a few times. And he was absolutely smashing out laps. It was fantastic. From our own perspective, uh, Jamie was amazing in his time. I think he got a time of 32 And then I think the next step was myself. I I can't remember exactly what time I got, but it was only a fraction faster than Lorna. But some really fast times there. I wasn't aiming to get a fast time. It just happened. I've got a really bad habit of when I'm running near people, I feel like I have to run faster. I have to run past them. I think there's few other runners that can um, testify to that, that feeling as well. But the first laps uh, were absolutely smashers from everybody. We got some people doing one lap, some people doing two laps and then changing over the dibber. I can say, however, nobody dropped the dibber or nobody's owning up to dropping the dibber across the whole weekend. And with laps in mind, I need to give a shout out to four runners in particular from the Greater Dibber family. And that's really because they've come from an area where they've not done marathons or half marathons or anything quite any quite near the, the distances that they were smashing out over the weekend and they are Annika, Hannah, Susan and of course our competition winner Al. They were absolutely amazing throughout the whole weekend. Al I know got ultra distance throughout the weekend. He just went out come rain or shine, mostly rain and just got going. He just did lap after lap after lap. I think he actually got seven laps complete, which is phenomenal given that the man hasn't done anything near that distance before. And he just did it with a smile on his face. We also had Susan and Hannah, who have again also not done anything near that distance before. I'm not sure how many laps that Susan got off without checking. Um, I know it was phenomenal given that she hasn't again done that much in the way of distance like that before. Hannah, I know, got 28k because the joke was that she could set up a group to do couch to 28k she'd only been been really doing 7 to 10k as her maximum distances uh, in recent times so again absolutely amazing stuff from both the ladies there and Annika I'm not sure on Annika's background but I know that she maybe hadn't done quite as much distance in the past and once again absolutely smashed her performance there as did the whole Deber team We've got some phenomenal distances ticked off I'll give a shout to team three, Jamie's team, where it's Jamie, Gary and Nick. And at one point they were sitting in third in the small all-male teams. And given that small all-male teams go from three to five people, that was phenomenal. I think they may have finished like fifth or sixth in the end. It wasn't that far down. It's just as you get on through the night, it does take its toll And unless you're there to get a trophy, you're trying to get a trophy, 
It does fall a little bit by the wayside, but I know that the EH3 Milers, the all-male team there, they did pick up third in the end. So congratulations to those guys. But yeah, Jamie, Nick and Gary, as with everyone else, massive congratulations. You were all phenomenal across the whole weekend from a fitness and achievement perspective. But of course, from a holy social and being awesome, lovely, beautiful people. You absolutely smashed that as well. It was phenomenal to meet everybody, get to spend some time and I need to really get some events booked in and their neck of the woods now to kind of continue the socialize, uh, the social aspect. I'm losing track of words here, but you know what I mean. I, I loved spending time with these guys and I would love to spend more time in the near future. And of course, that's not to forget the whole achievement side of things. People absolutely battering out distances was hampered by the rain. As I mentioned, the course was deteriorating quite substantially in places, especially on the downhill sections and the uphill sections. The mud was uh, was was just getting everywhere. I had road shoes and I don't think it mattered whether you had the road or trail. Everybody was slipping and sliding everywhere. Um, it did slightly improve towards the end of the event as the rain subsided, but overall, the sections that were going to be treacherous were treacherous throughout. Uh, so everyone did phenomenally well to not fall on their backsides and to just keep getting out there. The course in the dry is it, it can it can get to you. The repetition um, of the hills can get to you, but. When you add in the fact that the weather was so, so bad and they did phenomenally well. Um, and I think everyone said if the, if the course had been dry, they could have done so much more. But uh, hopefully, touch wood, there will be sun next year for those that want to come back and experience the fun all over again. So in team order, and I, at this point, I am probably not going to say the handles because it'll take too long but we had team one myself ben and lorna they were a great little team always positive always smiling and absolutely kicked the events backside for me team two we had lee elodie and karen it was phenomenal to meet karen for the first time such a lovely woman uh, I've met Lee and Elodie a number of times in the past. Lee is is my brother from another mother, of course. Uh, team three, we have Jamie, another returning veteran, smiley, happy, phenomenal achiever. But he was joined with Nick and Gary, as previously mentioned. Again, phenomenal guys. Great meeting them. And I look forward to spending more time with them in the future. Team four, we had Kaylee. I've met Kaylee in the past, but always smiley and nothing changed once again. An absolutely beautiful soul. Uh, Sam and Ryan. So I'd met Ryan, hadn't met Sam. Loved spending time with Sam. Uh, I think far and beyond uh, with her achievements as well. I'm not sure what she's done in the past, but just got on with things, smashed it out. And Ryan, he finished eight laps, the same as myself. I think he could have done more. I think we both could have done more, but we have other plans on the horizon that we're, we're looking to achieve. Um, but Ryan was was spot on banner all weekend as expected. Team five was led by Gies. She, Gies had uh, Connor, 
Al and Annika. Again, phenomenal to meet Al and Al in person, but also to meet Annika and Connor as well. They were great people. And again, I look forward to meeting them again in the future. And then Team 6, which was headed up by Susan. She had Hannah, uh, ML, uh, Mary Louise. Sorry, getting stumbling there because I was going to keep calling her Mary Louise, but everyone was calling her ML course for short and uh, that was their little team there as well because unfortunately Helen wasn't able to join us but they absolutely battered out that that as well ML was always on course um, and as I say the Hannah and Susan absolutely phenomenal in their achievements as well then from a solo perspective we had Emily uh, Davy and Rachel it was Lovely to meet Emily properly, not just a sweaty, runny, sweaty run hug, a sweaty runny hug, sweaty run hug at the Edinburgh Marathon, but to actually spend a little bit of time with her this time. Unfortunately, we didn't get a selfie. Um, I didn't have my camera out that much because I was worried about my phone getting drenched in the rain. Davy, it was absolutely amazing to meet Davy again, just briefly, but got a hug off the man and uh, watched him smash out a few laps before he headed back down the road because she drove up and he was driving back down. So it was a flying visit from Davy And then Rachel, the phenomenal achiever that she is, she just kept going. And I want to say she did over 100 kilometres. Yeah, definitely did over 100 kilometres, but I'm not exactly sure on the, the, the final mileage, but she just did it with a smile on her face the whole time. She had her difficulties throughout the weekend, but the the whole team supported her and she absolutely smashed it. And she's um, a, a, a great recipient of a particular trophy. And before I finish off from the event, I will go over the trophies. But then I, I should also mention that we had Mike, the Pole Fit Ultra Runner. He was phenomenal. It was great to run a little bit of a lap with him. Unfortunately, uh, he didn't get his goal, but it was a very, very, very tough event. Uh, I think he underestimated exactly how tough it was going to be, um, but he absolutely beasted as much as he could. Um, but no, it was great once again to spend some time with Mike. The final part, the trophies, we'll get this out of the way. I'll cover which captain chose which award and then also who uh, from the Debers won which award. Um, we had six of the wooden trophies uh, with the engravements on them and then we had one with the lights in it. So the category for that one was chosen by Susan for the big trophy. Everything else was chosen by the rest of the team. So we'll go through it in order and then we'll hit the last one, the big trophy last. So trophy number one, which was selected by myself, that was the Hyper Nessie Award and that was for the person that was always buzzing, always ready to run and as a smaller uh, kind of committee of um, captains, myself, Lee and Geese chose that to go to Lorna. Lorna was always ready to go, always ready to smash out laps. I think she got 11, maybe 12 laps done. She was absolutely phenomenal. Next up, we had Lee with the Relentless Rustler Award. And that was the loudest race where both in noise uh, as, as, as in sound or as in colour, like loud colours. And we chose that to go to Connor. Connor had some fantastic 
uh, outfits over the course of the weekend. Purples, like everything was matching. His his tops, his shorts, his uh, shoes, his socks, everything matched. So Connor was a well-deserving recipient of that award. Then we had Jamie who'd chosen the Debbie Does Dallas Award. That was for the best cheerleader. And of course, we couldn't have gone anywhere else but to Lee himself. I think we could have uh, actually gone to Natasha, who was there to help support uh, with Nick. She had some amazing photos over the weekend and just gave us so much support. But unfortunately, it was only after we chose the award and gave it out that we thought we'd made a mistake there. Actually, we should have given it to Natasha. But yeah, Lee got that award. Next up was the biggest Kant Award. I will be very, very uh, careful there. It can't C-A-N-T. Um, the biggest Kant Award. Uh, and that was uh, chosen, as I say, for like keys. And that was for the contestant that didn't want to stop. And we gave that to Rachel because she didn't want to stop. She did eventually stop, but she didn't want to. She always was smiling, smashing out laps and just continued to tick things off. Next up, uh, we had Kaylee had chosen the Wetter Than The Loch Award, which was the sweatiest contestant. I am very much the sweatiest person, so the guys lovingly gave that to me. Um, I didn't want to keep the award, though, as as the person who made them, uh, so it may have got stolen by someone else. I won't say who, but it isn't pride of place in my household but it is in someone else's so if they want to explain why there's the sweatiest contestant by all means that's good with me second to last trophy we had emily's trophy now emily had been a team leader and then chose to go solo but we kept her her category and that was the hangry hangry hippo award and that was kind of for the hangriest contestant, but was more food related. And we, we kept winding him up over the course of the weekend. But we gave this to Gary um, because he was just relentless with his porridge pots and his food. He was doing everything he should do and just keeping his his nutrition up high. A lot of us were very roller coastery, not eating and drinking as much as we should. But Gary was very much a big eater. So he got that award. And then finally, as I say, the big award chosen by Susan. And that was the Eagle Has Landed Award. And that went to the most prolific selfie taker. And of course, I think we already knew who this was going to be. The content he was getting ready to pump out, it went to Al, personal best. Uh, Much, much of a a well-deserving person for that trophy. And then before we could finish, Al produced a a trophy specifically for me. uh, And that was the trophy for the most trophies produced for the Loch Ness 24. And he gave me this little cup. And yeah, it's going to sit pride of place on my fire and my my fireplace, my mantelpiece for forevermore. I I can't thank him enough. It did did hit the spot. Uh, As well as the awesome gift that the whole team uh, gave me for the the work that I put in to, to getting everybody together. Uh, I did it because I wanted to do it, but um, you can probably hear quite now. I, I, I struggle to to take to, to 
like to receive gifts. I prefer to to give my time and to give things to people. Uh, I'm not much of a person for receiving. I always find it hard to kind of put into words my thanks. But the guys gave me an awesome Lego trophy, a a bottle of whiskey and this awesome Nessie spoon. Um, And they didn't have to. I did it because I wanted to do it. But it was very, very much... um, well received I'm, I'm struggling with my words but yeah thank you very much uh, to all you guys um life hasn't been easy the last wee while i think for everybody can 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 agree but especially from my perspective there's a lot what people know and a lot of what people don't know uh, that's been going on uh, so it it was it was a little bit more of a task to set things up but um, no, it was it was phenomenal to spend time with everybody and uh, yeah here's to future years and um, smashing out things as we go. And that is that when it comes to the 24. You'll probably hear me talk about it a little bit more, maybe in episode 10 in the finale, as I um, overview everything that's happened in season two. But uh, I'm going to try, now that I've listened back to that first section, and not use the word phenomenal anymore. I don't know if anyone else has noticed that, but I'm I I use that a lot. <laughs> um, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try my best. But that is the Loch Ness 24 out of the way. It was amazing, as I say, fantastic event once again. Fantastic contestants and a fantastic team. So we're gonna move on to my guest for today's episode. Someone who did want to be in attendance at the event. He just wasn't able to to at first make the time for other commitments, um, but he did want to be there. Uh, so maybe maybe in future years. But uh, we're going to move on to my season one co-host, the return of the man himself, runner man Steve. Um, I'm not sure how I'm going to do the intro here. Maybe sing him a song. Maybe just do a normal one. But let's see what I choose to do. And uh, welcome the man himself back to the show. Two ninety nine boys go round the outside, round the outside, round the outside. Two ninety nine boys go round the outside, round the outside, round the outside. Guess who's back? Back again. Steve O's back. Tell a friend. Guess who's back? 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 How's it going, man? Yeah, not bad. Not it's been a while, was it? Like I said, thirty uh, first of May is last time we spoke. Time has no. passed very it's quickly. Gone past a lot very quick. in between. Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's gone past quick for me as well. I was just thinking, I just had a a post uh, run shower and thinking that's that's ten weeks. Yeah. For uh, for this series, almost gone. Um, yeah. I see it's gone in the blink of an eye. So you've been all good though in that time. You're you're sufficiently rested. Um... Uh, yeah, I mean, I was I was ticking along, and then I thought I had it all 
sort of um, figured. And then my director, who won't listen to this, so I can say it, who's an idiot, um, he decided to throw, uh, let's call it um, a not very HR-approved conversation in, and as a result of me, I'm going to be leaving my job, but I've walked away with a nice little payoff. So, But I've wanted to leave for a while anyway. It's mentally draining me, it's a toxic environment. Uh, so he's done me a favour. So yeah, I'm gonna take a little break and uh, look for another job, and just focus on on just being happy. But other than that, hey, so it's been all good. It's been a really good summer. I've had a really good summer with my daughter. Like it's amazing. We've been Lego Land, which is amazing because I love it. So I was, I said, yeah, we'll take Daisy. I was like, going for me, mate. I'm going Lego Land. It was amazing. Um, and listen, I was annoying the life out of um, out of Daisy's mum because. I was like, oh, they've got a big London set up. I went, oh, <laughs> London Eye, run past that, nearly at the end of the marathon there. <laughs> and I was, she went, shut up. I was like, oh, oh, Canary Wolf, you'll lose GPS around there. You've got to go by feel, go how it feels. And she's like, will you shut up? <laughs> every monument, every monument I've done it. I went, oh, look, Big Ben, go get a good picture there in the background. She went, oh. <laughs> away she's walked <laughs> off she's had enough and i was like i said to some random bloke next to me I go i said to him you don't run a marathon and not talk about it mate he went he just went uh, he didn't speak english so he had no idea what i was saying to him <laughs> <laughs> so and then by default he agreed with me so well who's the loser not me Fuck, man, it's got spot on. I mean, not so good, not so good about the work side, but also good about the work side because you you weren't happy. We had that conversation anyway. You weren't happy, but it gives you while you're looking for another job, gives you time to focus on your running. Um, you can run at times yes. that you you haven't been able to run at for a very long time. Absolutely, um, it's that I can go and do gym stuff. I've got a plan in my head. You know, a couple of hours of job searching a day. I'm not going to go mental because I'm just going to start applying for stuff that I have no interest in. Um, and then, yeah, we'll just go from there. And then go work on my drive as well. Go to a golf range and just whack a few balls about work on my drive. So uh, it's all planned out in my head. It's all planned out in there. Some, some me time. Good. Yeah. Well-deserved me time too. Well, I, I believe so too, yes. <laughs> um. So, yeah, you you... you things are changing life changes anyway and that's it's always good you're sounding positive which is the main thing um and i think everyone knows from the way way things went with season season one you're all about positivity as much as possible uh but you're you're kind of continuing that positivity into a new endeavor for you after the on the back of um ldn steve you're now at track and core as a full-fledged member is it yeah, so it's not a UKA. Um, is it UKA? Yeah, UK. It's not a, like an affiliated club, um, but it might as well be. So there's actually 40, 42 of us running the big half this Sunday. Like, it's a massive thing. We've got big community vibes where we're people first. We're a, you know, a diverse group of people first that just happen to run after. So we do... You know, we introduce ourselves every week in case there's someone new. We say what we're grateful for. It's just a really good space. And uh, it throws me back to the conversation from Ryan. We said, just find your tribe. I think when he had the emancipated run crew on, it said, find your tribe. And I found my tribe, like an actual, we've got online Instagram. And it's great for conversation here or there. But when you've got it in the physical sense, 
oh, sorry, on Thursday, I'm going to go and see the guys and the girls. And, you know, you, you might see them on a random run in a local area and just join them. Or it's just a really good vibe to be in. And then we go for a beer after, which is, which is the fantastic part. You know, so it's it's not just a running. We do a bit of running, but we're a group of people that just love being in each other's company and support each other and just uplift each other. So, yeah, man, I've loved it. No, I wish I started sooner. So you, you stopped hanging around in car parks uh, asking if someone will be your fast friend? Yeah, I, I, I stopped. I've, I've now gone from the car park into the track. <laughs> and just, just started chasing field downs. Like, come back here, be my friend. He's like, oh, leave me alone. <laughs> it, it does. When you said you, you, you introduce yourself uh, each week for anyone new, it does sound like it's Runners Anonymous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, he, he just gets you to like sort of say say your name for those who have not been here, and you know what you're grateful for today, and this, that, and or has he day been, or anything like that. What you're proud of, and it just gets you to physically say out loud what what you are thankful for. Um, and sometimes it's just you're thankful just to be there. It's yeah. happy day. Let's let's just crack on and have a have a have a laugh along the way. And I've ran with a couple of people that are faster than me which has helped me massively so hang on you know i'm thinking hang on i can i'm comfortably holding on to your pace here um and i've had people that want to run with me because i'm faster and they want to get up to to the sort of level where i'm currently at so it's just helping each other right so you know it's a community it's a little village you know an informal sort of um informal pacing in a way um to help people out yeah absolutely i mean i was i was managing to hold on to the to the pace of of a, a, a 124 half marathon runner so i was like Crazy. you know it's not for the whole thing but the, the legs felt comfortable at ticking over that at that, at that speed um which is fantastic but that gets you going that gets that gets that journey started you can you can feel that you're comfortable at it and you can work towards it and just Absolutely. take little baby yeah. steps towards the ultimate goal yeah um what else have i done i bought a bike so you now did, you did actually buy a bike yeah, I bought uh, I bought a road bike, like oh, a Carrera nice. one from from Halfords. And I was like, right. So now, why am I walking left and right? Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My daughter is back <laughs> in the room. Uh, <laughs> I missed the chaos. <laughs> um, yeah, so I got that, and then I started having these little faults because um, I thought, hang about. Well, I've got a bike, and I can run. What if I what if I learn to tread water properly and I can swim properly? We we, we could be delving into the the, the trial worlds here. I don't well, know. You could do duathlon as well, though. And you you talked yeah. about swimming in the past not being the strongest, suit, but you you could easily do duathlon to begin with. Yeah, I think having seen all the news about um, all the uh, rivers filled with our feces, I don't <laughs> think I want to. I don't think I want to wait till it's clean. <laughs> Yeah, maybe one to speak to Emma about first with, for for try um, once. But actually, maybe one to speak to Emma before she goes to Portugal because she might change her total uh, outlook on that once she's finished that Ironman. Um, but no, duathlon could be really good for you because you're you're a really strong runner. If you can get strong on the bike, that would be that would be a phenomenal kind of um, yes. avenue to go into. It would be. Um, I, I spoke to Emma briefly about it. She's like, she's like, do it. And I was like, hey, it's a free holiday afterwards as well. So you are not a free holiday, but you're on holiday. So you're two birds, one stone kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I'm a. I'm gonna say I'm gonna be be quite big headed here. I'm a, I'm a strong cyclist. I don't do it nearly as much as I used to, or as much as I should. 
Um, my running's a lot stronger. It's getting stronger by the day. I should maybe look at duathlon as well, but I just don't think there's that many the um, events in the area. There's a lot of tri events. There's a tri club, but duathlon's not so many. But then that might just be because I'm not looking for them. Yeah, I feel, I feel like if you start looking for something, you find it more. It's that it's that um, it's that thing where I, uh, I don't know who said it. If you go out thinking about something, you're going to see that more than you've ever seen it before. So I sort of tried it on a, on a boring walk to the shops um, when I was trying to get over the broken toe and try to see if I was back to normal again. I thought, I'm, just, I'm, I'm only going to think about, you know, a certain car. <laughs> That's all I saw. It's because I was actively looking for it. So if you're looking for it, you're going to find it. doesn't matter what it is. You, you, you will find it. So I, I'll think about it. The only thing I was, I was looked at my Strava afterwards and run. I was like, after the bike ride one time, I was looking, thinking, what was my minutes per, <laughs> what was my minutes per mile split? It's got it in a different measurement, so I've got to work out all that sort of business. I would yeah. highly recommend, uh, for cycling perspective, get um, I can't remember what brand I've got, um, Wow, or something, but you get a special attachment that goes on to your bike frame. And then there's like there's a like a magnet goes onto your your wheel your back wheel and every time it passes, it detects it and it sends a signal to your phone so you can have your phone strapped to your bike and it gets more information about uh, how much energy you're putting out how much how much energy you're expending your actual um, full speeds how many rotations the wheel's doing and it gets the diameter of the wheel everything you would want it gets it does it more accurate than just Strava doing off your yeah, watch or something. Yeah, that's all I'm doing off right now. Yeah. I mean, I've not even bought a bike chain. Right, it's just the things just sitting. It's on my uh, my balcony. <laughs> so if I need to take it, I take it through the flat and off I go. I don't trust uh, my bike not getting nicked in London. To myself. Have you have you bought spare uh, inner tubes as well, though? No, <laughs> mate. I've just bought a bike. I'm a runner that's just bought a bike. I mean, I will get into that. I did though, however. I bought, I paid for a, a year's um, servicing stuff. So I get like a certain amount of services and free punch repairs and bits and pieces from out and about any Halfords. So, I mean, that's not a plug for Halfords. Um, but yeah, that's what, I've, that's what I've done anyway. So I sort of covered it off that way. I'm sure YouTube will teach me. Uh, yeah, YouTube's a really good tool, but then there's there's plenty of places in and around the area for you that you can go to little bike cafes and they do like free sessions and teach you how to change a wheel, change a puncture, fix a puncture, all that sort of side of things. So no, that's something all positive, man. Um, just need yeah, to get out and, out and smashing it now on the bike. But uh, yeah, and maybe not the safest place to be cycling in around London streets, but at least you've got plenty of big parks you can get around and do lots and stuff. Mass- massive parks, huge parks. And I was actually looking at a route to um, my dad's. So he lives in Hertfordshire in a place called Ware. Um, where I know, I know, right? You just the jokes write themselves. Um, and I worked at about 26 to 27 miles. And I actually, I've actually found cycling routes, specific cycling routes, um, free of traffic and whatnot. So I might give that a little go. I might even run there one day, just you know, bang out a marathon to go to my old man's house. Yeah. Um, yeah, just just bits and pieces, you know. I've, I've really enjoyed running track, like I said, I've like, I've really enjoyed it. Um, more than I thought I'd. I love racing on the track. Yeah, I mean, I'm no, you know, Diamond League, but I tell you what, I've done. Uh, I've done Tracksmith Twilight Five Thousand. It's the first ever one I've done in London. Um, I got a twenty thirty three, 
out of that, which I was a bit, which is like crazy, but I was disappointed in that. Is, um, that, is that the event you got? The, there was that really nice photo of you. The, is it the one looking dead down the camera? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was taken by Jerry's son. Oh, what a, he's an amazing photographer. He does created for runners and whatnot. He's a ridiculously good photographer. Got some good shots of me. I mean, why can't I have those sort of pictures it's from London? It's so natural. That's it. Because I think at marathons, you're you're at a tired, so you're not you you you're kind of not natural because you're always thinking about you're thinking about your running. You're thinking about what's coming up ahead of you. You're always kind of focused on something, and then when you do focus on the cameras, you're you're focused on giving this the sunshine and roses outlook towards the camera person. Whereas at that event, you were clearly just having a laugh with someone just relaxed. And Jerry's got a, Jerry's son's got a really, really nice photo of you. He's got such a good eye for a picture. Though. I mean, I, I think I do well taking a picture on my camera phone and there's this, just, he's just knocking all these photos out. It's amazing. But yeah, it was, I don't even know what I was looking at at the time from taking that picture. And that's the best thing about it. I have no idea what I was looking at. Nothing at all. Um, but that was really good, really good uh, time. And then fast forward a couple of weeks. So I think it was last week we done a session. I managed to get a, my 5k down to 20 minutes and five seconds. So nice. maybe like a 28 second progress in about two and a half weeks. So it's nice. Getting, I'm in a good place to run in the moment. Really good place to run in. So is your your plan going ahead, uh, goal wise? Are you still pushing the the, the sub uh, sub twenty this year, uh, sub nineteen sort of thing, as as fast uh, as you can go, or is it with the with the toe? You're still taking it kind of a little bit more, just just see how things go, and not really setting goals or anything. Oh, uh, well, I'm not setting goals as uh, okay. This Sunday, I'm. I got the big half. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I'm going to try and go for around about a 135 or 136, which is about 720 a mile. I think it's about four and a half minutes a kilometre. Um, so I'm going to try and try and do that. Um, but that's the only goal race I've got this year. I've got technically, I've got the Vitality 10K, but I might go, I might do it. I might not do it. We'll see mm. what happens. I think I paid the 10 for the entry just in case I wanted to do it. So if I don't go, I've not paid the 50 quid for it, um, which is criminal for a 10K. Mm-hmm. Absolute criminal 50 quid for a 10k is ridiculous. Need to give the reds a wobble. Um, but the, the, the sub, I'd like to get sub 20. Yeah, uh, sub 19, I think, is a bit of a stretch. Um, purely because what happened with Rateau that knocked me back quite a bit. Then I had a couple of weeks ill. Um, so I lost a very big chunk of a speedy summer out there. Um, so we'll, well, I'll probably try and attack that next year, I think. I mean, it's not. It's still not out of the realms of possibility. It's just, um, I suppose, with with track running, you never know because it's a completely different animal. Um, I always find it quite difficult because I feel like you get like the double shock as you as you hit the as you hit the running surface. It because it's got that that kind of odd bounce to it. I always found like I got a wobble to my leg, but it certainly helps you run a lot faster. So no, no, never say never. Yeah. But at least you're at least you're staying kind of. Uh, humble with it and, and knowing that you've got to take it easy and just see how things go yeah 100 percent. i think last last week i wanted to i don't want to get a, a sub 20 where you, you've you've gone all balls out in the first in the first mile and then you're literally trying your best to keep <laughs> hold of you know you try you're hanging yeah. on with dear life it becomes uncomfortable 
you start thinking, I'm, I'm going to stop. No, 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 no. Um, so I managed to keep it in and around the six. 35 a mile and I kept it consistent so I, I want it to be sub I want it to be consistent I want it to be controlled um, and that's what we're sort of that's what I'm learning um, so yeah just take it as it comes if it happens it happens it doesn't it doesn't no one's going to die about it so that, crack on that's what I f- always find with the parkrun pacers or any pacers at events how easy they make it look they just cruise along at their target and if it's a faster target faster like time than I've ever done they just look like they're like cruising along you think how do you do that because like you said I usually go hell for leather and then hope that I can hang on for dear life to the end where in reality you should go slow at the beginning and then just go hell for leather at the end. But these guys just cruise. These guys and girls are just cruising along. How do you do that? How can you yeah. physically do that? I've, I've just been learning from people watching. Sometimes you've not got to have a conversation to learn something. You can just watch them. And I'm obsessed about watching people's foot strikes or their stride length and, and just trying to work out during my easy runs, how can I interpret that in and keep the form so good that when it comes to the fast run, the form's already locked in because mentally I'm already there, that I'm setting up. Um, I think if you get the form right and you're working within your parameters of where you are, not where you want to be, it sort of ticks on. Uh, I, I, I sound like I'm some sort of coach, but it's just what I've learned along the way and just putting the pieces together. Um, just to keep it nice and even, not overstretched. So I get where the pace is coming from, but they are absolute animals, the way they do it. I saw someone pacing a sub-16, and he looked like he weren't breaking a sweat. I was like, you are taking a mick, mate. Uh, you've just said there, though, coaching, <laughs> now that you've got time on your hands, and you'd mentioned it in the past, you, you could consider doing a little bit of coaching qualifications. Is that something you might consider in and around looking for a new job? I think it's something I'd consider. Yeah. Um, it's just I need to work out what that would translate to the end goal. So I don't want to say, oh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a qualified running coach. That's fantastic. But what are you going to do with it then? Do you know what I mean? It's sort of trying to work out what that translates to into the future. Um, and you I can wouldn't... take that to track and core, though. You can take it to, 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 to organisations and groups uh, and, and give back in a way to, yeah, to these yeah, no, guys. hundred percent. And I think that would be the route, but sometimes I think if, if I'm outlaying the cost, it's going to take to do it both, if, you know, fiscally mm-hmm. and, and, and physical time. It's, I want it to be a bit more. Yeah. I want it to be able to, to people that would want me to coach them, but in a, in a paid environment, but it all works out. I've had a few ideas. I've had the ideas of training to be like a primary school teacher in in a sort of maybe physical education sense. But just it's all up in here at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, it's been great catching up with you, man. Um, I am. You probably guess I'm trying to. I'm trying to keep it more compact today because the amount of stuff I'm going to have on 24 is insane. But. I couldn't go through season two without getting you on, and, and uh, I, I think most most people would would get the lynch mob out and the pitchforks and chase me down if I didn't catch in and say you were getting on. I, I will say for everyone listening, Steve hasn't ignored you when you know you've been kind enough to reach out and what's going on, and you know I appreciate it. 
um, I won't go into great detail of the, the why's, what's and who's, but uh, I, I appreciate everyone's uh, concern. Uh, Steve was being nice and not saying certain bits and pieces. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I appreciate appreciate it all. Um, I still see what everyone is doing. Um, you know, it's, it's fantastic to see and everyone just keeps smashing it. Um, just being legends, honestly. I mean, I, you guys and girls getting through Loch Ness 24, which looked like the most horrendous weather. I looked at it as I, I'm glad I'm not there because <laughs> I'd be, I'd be throwing a hissy fit about the weather. I got this mud everywhere. I run on tarmac. What is this? You did don't. I had. Um, I don't. <laughs> I don't think I've actually put it up yet. But I had four sets of road shoes there. Um, it didn't ultimately matter because it was that thick and and mud in some sections. Like even trail shoes weren't cutting it. People were just like slip sliding all the way down. So road shoes are not. I would I would benefit on the flat sections on the on the kind of more road sections, but then these guys had a little bit more um, stability on the the kind of trail sections. But man, it didn't it didn't really matter ultimately. Well, you know what you want to do there next time. You want to be like Alexis Sale and take your Doctor Martin's boots. For anyone that <laughs> knows that, what a reference! Come on, yeah. I think. Um, <laughs> If, if 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 I'm up for doing it again, uh, I mean, as a local boy, I, I should always I should always have it on my radar. But uh, uh, maybe maybe go and volunteer it as well, give back a little bit. But the I know sod's law. If I planned for it being to be the wettest event ever, or even snow, it would be like blinding sunlight again, same as it was last year. But uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't given that much much thought at the moment. There has been shouts from from people who couldn't make it this year to say we're coming next year. But I mean, I can I can totally become a team co- a, a team manager, sort of coach uh, uh, side of things. And at least then, if people are going solo, they've got someone dedicated to hand them stuff at the side of the track. Or as I say, I can volunteer uh, with the great team of John O'Jess and the whole of the twenty four volunteer squad. Sounds good, Mike. Sounds good. That's always good to try and give back. I'm trying to give back for London Marathon for volunteering, but it's particularly difficult to get a volunteering gig. Yeah, yeah. Because you, do you, do you not get like preferential treatment for like future events or something? You get given swag. No, nah, nah, it normally goes to normally goes to um, you know uh, affiliated run groups. Ah, right, right. Okay, okay. okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So maybe we can get you up for 24 next year as a solo runner. See how you're getting on. See what job hits hits the radar, and if you have availability, we can get you up as a solo runner, and we could uh, we can crew you. I'll just I'll just just be doing continuous loops, whether I'm crawling or not. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. You could walk them. It's four miles of walking, but you could walk them, and you could totally we could totally squad you, crew you for that one. But uh, no, man, as I say, it's been fantastic to touch base with you, and I mean, um, we finish season two next week with Omar and then it's on to season three. So definitely, definitely touch base again in season three. Uh, it's going to have to make this a regular thing, but uh, no, that was, that's been spot on. Um, anything you want to cover before I finish off? Uh, no, I think we're, I think we're all grand, mate. I think we're all grand. Spot on, spot on. Well, you continue to take it easy, mate. Keep in touch and uh, get on your bike, really. 
<laughs> on your bike see you later on your bike <laughs> oh man. see you later and there we have it folks runner man steve he's still in great form he's doing well he's making massive leaps in his running since he broke his toe but it was fantastic getting him back on the show and hearing his banter once again I still maintain to this day that Runner Man Steve's willingness to go along with my crazy idea to create a podcast, I I wouldn't be where I am at the moment with the show and even the show wouldn't be a thing. I wouldn't have had the courage to just crack on with things. And yeah, here we are today, all thanks to Runner Man Steve's belief and his overall positive outlook throughout season one. I know as you do with all my guests, you will send them messages of well-wishing and praise for coming on to the show. Uh, Hopefully all going well with season three, we'll get him back on once again and find out how his life has changed even more now that unfortunately he has departed from his current job and is looking for a new job. But that does open up a lot of new avenues for him, a lot of possibilities and a lot of new um, training uh, potentials, I suppose, times that he's not be able to run for a very long time in the morning, late at night, those sorts of things, he'll be able to experience them once again. So, yep, all the best to Runner Man Steve. And he does listen. So, yeah, uh, good on you, man. And uh, don't be a stranger. On to next week's show. And as I say, it is the season finale, episode 10. Now, unfortunately, I don't have a giveaway this time round. That was a one-off for season one. I'm hopefully going to have more show-specific giveaways in the future. But like I say, uh, hop on to Discord, hop on to the Facebook page, follow the Instagram, all the good stuff, and you will find out about a little kind of background giveaways that are going to be going on in the interim and in season three onwards. But yes, episode 10, uh, as I've said since day one of season two, will be with Omar Stanley Pasodas. He has some fantastic news to share that has recently happened. I can't wait to kind of shoot the breeze with him, find out more about that being very big, but I want to cover that on the podcast. He is such an inspirational, hilarious, just generally legendary Instagrammer in the fitness community. I can't wait to chat to the man and get to know him just that little bit better. That episode will, of course, be coming out on Friday, the 8th of September. So next Friday. And then that'll be me for a few weeks while I make plans and decisions for what's happening with season three. But more on that next week. Until then, however, remember to do all the good stuff. Follow me on Facebook, follow the page on Instagram, like, share, rate the podcast on whatever platform you are listening on. Maybe drop an email. We still have only had one real person email that isn't a company. And yeah, uh, all the good stuff. And then if you are up for coming and chatting on Discord, we're trying to grow that community, get some real life chats going on as well. And a little uh, gaming community if you're into that side of things. A few of the listeners are playing a few games together and just generally relaxing and having a good time.
As a reminder, you can find me on Instagram at Mr. Underscore Steve Underscore Runs. And you can find the show at a whole multitude of different locations on Instagram at thepoint99podcast.com, on Facebook at the same thing. Just search it and you will find us. Um, what else? Uh, you can find us on the website at the www.thepoint99podcast.com. It has an inbuilt podcast player. It has a few different things going on and I'm constantly going to be developing that for the community. And then, as I say, you can join the Discord community and maybe we can get some in-person chats going on and uh, just maybe, maybe a bit of fun and relaxation and just shoot the breeze. Until episode 10 and the finale, however, as always... Take care, enjoy your runs, and you'll hear from me soon.